There's no doubt that buy the dip is working in some instances. But sell the rip is working a lot better. Especially after I told you guys the high for the year was in. Going to be able to live on that one for a while. We got some earnings to cover. Not super big companies, but uh, we'll see if people are eating fake meat. We'll be ready for the PCE number. Triple D will go wide. We'll get the information. This could be another nail in the market's coffin. We'll see. And we'll talk about it with Michael Hewson from CMC Market. See, get his view from across the pond. It's Friday. Mitch is back. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Uh, we're down 29 and a half handles trading just off the lows of the pre-market session. Uh, the buck is up again. That's not good for the equity markets. Up 31 cents at 104.86. Bonds are down 20, 30 seconds, 125.31. Crude finding a home in the middle, 75 handle, up 40 cents at 75.80. Gold, no one wants gold, down four bucks, 18.22.80. Silver down 20, 24 cents, 21.95. And Bitcoin still remaining in the 24K handle, down $100 at 24,070. Uh, let's, um, let's bring Triple D on. And Triple D, you talk about, you know, a choppy market and up and down. How about that rally in the morning going down and making a new low for the move? Okay, right? And then rallying back and closing pretty much near the highs of the sessions. I mean, if that's not chop that's with a capital C, yeah. that's hard because you think you make a new low for the move, right? Let's get some follow through. None. None. This is what we're in and this is what I've been preaching. I've been tweeting about it. I am like convicted in this call. Sometimes I'm like, I can't call this market. I can't feel this market out. And, you know, we've had this market going on for a bit. That's a tough market to call. This market has been fairly easy to call, and it's just fade everything. There's no follow-through. That is what we've been talking about, no follow-through. The people who are like, okay, this is it. We're breaking down now. I'm going short are doing it absolutely backwards. You've got to wait for the rip to sell. You got it three hours later, Joel. Three hours later, we get it all back. We rally 50 handles in the afternoon, 50 handles. Then you get the selling opportunity. What happens overnight? They give it back. This is what we're in, folks. This is what we're in. Sell the peaks, buy the troughs, channeling stocks, channeling markets, whatever you want to call it. That's the type of market we're in. Maybe we're drifting down, but there's lots of opportunities. There's absolutely no reason here to be buying on the rips or selling on the dips. No. Here. We're just not in that follow-through market. You are losing money if you're doing that. If you're using stops, you're probably getting stopped out on everything. So again, you've got to pick your points. I mean, we talked about the Microsoft, the 250 level. Look at what it did. We talked about that before it got to 250. I was like, that's a logical bounce area. 
two days in a row puts a low right in the same area. That's a huge level now because when we were oh, talking about it, it wasn't even hadn't even made those lows yet. Yeah. So we predicted the spot where it would make those lows, and it bounced right off of that spot. Just picking your points. That was picking your call on Simplistic that. trading levels. So don't worry so much about the trends right now. Worry about the levels. Worry about the major support, major resistance. I'm back in Oxy, OXY, for the simple reason. Lots of support here in the 58 area. And what, who is the major support? It is Warren Buffett. He's bought here multiple times before. I expect that he might be buying again. Get down 56, 57, 58. Buffett's probably going to be backing up. He could actually have maybe already bought. It takes a couple of days for him to disclose that. So maybe we're going to find out that he bought here again. But I think, you know, that's a big level. Energy's out of favor here in the last, you know, week or two. Well, now you're getting opportunities to maybe find support on those stocks. Now, I'm not saying... You know, I think you've still got to be in the range. You've got to be taking profits. You got to, can't just be like sitting here. I'm going to buy here, make 30, 40% by the end of the year. It's not the type of market. You're making your four, five, six percenters moving like this. Day trader, contrarian dream. But if you are trading momentum, you are absolutely doing it wrong. We are not in a momentum market. We are not in a bull market. We are not in a bear market. We are in a sideways market. That is what I believe. Sideways bear market. Kind of, but not really, though. <laughs> but right, but really, though, Joel, let's go to the beginning of the year. I wouldn't say that for certain. But right, nothing is for right. certain ever. We started uh, at the beginning of the year at 380. We got up to 470. We did. Call it okay. 420-ish, where Mitch was talking. We pulled back. We've we've done the 50% retracement. So Perfectly. maybe we're just in this little bowl run, and this is the pullback to buy. I don't know. I kind of think it's going to be both ways. Just I just feel the sentiment. So many people are convicted bulls or convicted bears, and I think they're both wrong. I think you want to be convicted sideways. That's like you're double that's... dipping over here. Double <laughs> dipping. That's double what you're dip. telling me. Double dip, dip in the chip. Dip. Triple dip. Back it, at it. He's you triple D. <laughs> All right, Mitch. And let's bring it. Mitch And again, H. Montero, as always, my fans out there, says Dennis knows nothing. And you know what? That is absolutely true. I know nothing for certain. If I knew something for certain – one, I'd be arrested because I'd probably be an insider if I knew something for certain. <laughs> but two is I'd have all the money in the world if I wasn't arrested. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows for certain. But we take the evidence that we have, and then we trade what the evidence that we, from the information we've given. Right now, choppy, contrarian trading is making money, and momentum trading is losing money. Momentum trading has worked for a lot of years. Maybe this we're going to get a couple years of contrarian trading, where you get a little 10% around and you sell it. You get a little 10% dip and you buy it. Why? Why can't we do that? Why do we have to trend higher? Why do we, we have we, to I, The only reason, the only reason that I went that, that I made the call that I did is because what were those gains in January? I mean, for mm. some of these stocks, you know, 60, 70, 80%, the market yeah. 10%, that's a good year. Uh, you know, so that that was it. You know, maybe we got to now our job is to figure out. Is this just a healthy retracement? Is it going to find support? Is it going to turn? Is the Fed going to help us out? So we know where we're at in the market, but let's bring in Money Mitch. He took the day off yesterday. Yeah, He's yeah, back yeah. with us. And this is, uh, this is get your, your take on things, Mitch. Yeah. So right now it seems like, you know, we're starting, I think, a new range. And I think that what Dennis is kind of talking about is also important, right? That we are going to get this chop up action. I don't think it's going to be straight down, but I also don't think it's going to be just straight back up either, right? We could be stuck in another sideways range here. I can see at least like topping around maybe just above 401s if you want to be 
particular, you can take a look at the hourlies around maybe 402.18 area. We keep failing around the 402.20 area. And then on the downside, we could be like kind of hanging in here towards around 396. So I think right now you got to kind of be sideways thinking and of course react on moves that break above and actually close above or yeah. break below and actually close below because we get a lot of wicks also where it just goes down to the support then comes all the way back to the resistance. Right now, I do agree with what Dennis has been putting out, especially on Twitter, that momentum traders are struggling a lot of the times because it seems like these kind of range traders and contrarian traders are making the cash. Yeah. One for, before we get into the, uh, you know, to the, the stocks that are moving this morning, just yesterday when, uh, you know, we had the dip off the number and we rallied and like one, one thing I like to do is really get follow through through the, you know, if there's follow through through the pre-market high, mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of times you get through that area and you just keep on going. And I didn't have any resistance for a while, but when I was looking at it, I was like, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's gonna get there. It feels that there's sellers out there because it. And it. What it did. It went through the pre-market high by nine handles, but that completely fell apart and then came down. So sellers are coming down right now. Buyers are still out there. Uh, I just don't know exactly where they're at. So we'll see yeah. if we can hold the low. Uh, big number on the downside, 74 and a quarter. That was yesterday's low. I mean, it was an update in the market and we made a new low for the move. So yeah. to me, I'm not, I don't have that bullish, you know, I'm still bearish, neutral to bearish, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not bullish at all. One of the best calls on Wall Street. On Wall Street, of course, Joel Conan with that top. I mean, it, it's been a top there. Uh, the chat's talking about that the SPY rejected the 50 daily moving average team. Okay. As a technical analyst, I will tell you, that's bullshit. <laughs> not a fan of the 50 day? I, you guys don't hear me cursing on the show often, but no, I'll tell you right now, guys. When you're convicted. Moving averages give us description, not meant to be traded on, off of indicators are not meant to be just black and white where it's oh if this is saying up then you go in here exactly if it was just as good as that trust me trust me team i probably wouldn't be here today i would just be making you know killing a killing of money so i would say pay attention more and more at the resistance the support levels that joel kind of points out right now that i think are more important right daily levels focus on those we could be range bound here I wouldn't be focusing about the 50 or even the 200 day for that matter. And and me and Joel aren't going to be focusing on them because they're not on our charts. <laughs> yeah, the 200 day to your chart yet, Joel? What, what What's the 200 day? <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, no. <laughs> Again, I have not put a moving average on my chart in 22 years of successful trading. So I don't. And, and and the funny story, and again, and and again, if it works for you, by all means, you continue to do it. But I just keep going back to the bright trading. It's funny when we go back to these stories, and some people like the stories of the bright trading office. Remember that one trader that you had come in, and he was here for a week, and he was from a different bright trading office, oh. and he had so many lines <laughs> on his chart, and it's just, and this guy just was losing money left, right, center. Joel's like, he had called up. He was losing so much money that Joel called the main office and says, I have nothing to do with this guy. This guy, I know, is losing a pile of money and knowing I'm the trading supervisor in the bite, but he's not my trader. He's just in here for the week because he was visiting Detroit. And you called up, I think, you might have even called Bob, and you're like, I have nothing to do with this guy. He's losing a pile of money. 
but he's doing everything wrong. And he had so many lines. You're like, I don't even know where the price is. There's so many lines on his chart. I'm like, well, where's the price? You have so many lines on this chart. I can't even tell what the price is. Keep it simple, folks. Trading yeah. is not this complicated quantitative mess. If it was, all the quants in the world would have all the money. So it's simple. Keep it simple. I always teach my technical analysis in under 10 seconds. Support, resistance, trends, and 50% retracements. That's all. One more thing too, Dennis, and this is, uh, and I just want to just go to this Microsoft example. The one thing that you do uh, that is, is better than I'm at is uh definitely better is you know like i'm really focused like on the daily highs and lows and like when you looked at that microsoft yesterday at 250 i you know you you looked to the left you saw well peak there in october it, it jagged around it in december to me it didn't become a, a good number until yesterday because you made a low at 250 34 and then you came down to it because that but that's just you know that's just your little twist on on technical analysis and you do that you know like you don't have to have an exact high or low there you could use a psychological number so i will say though if you traded this today and it goes through 250 and the spoos are falling out of bed i don't know if you guys are short traders at all but uh you know, I, I you could look at that. I look at that both ways. It's a good support level. It's held two days. The market breaks through there. But okay, eight fourteen. Let's do a stock. Let's do um, it. Let's go to. Let's do a little bit of Boeing talk. I know this had been going up and kind of keeping the trend, but now breaking it. Of course, uh, Boeing temporary halting delivery of seven eighty seven Dreamliners over fuselage issues and it looks like this report came from the FAA and they're stopping deliveries until they can show the FAA that the issue has been completely resolved so we'll see what happens here I have been looking for a 200 pullback on Boeing but that was before this news so that a little bit is concerning to me so what do you guys think Joel I'll let you go you. I have a trade okay a okay, position on okay. It, so I'm not going to comment on it okay um, this is why, look, we've had uh, a couple people um, in pre-market prep plus and been riding this thing for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I've given them targets on the upside, and it's just blown through every target I've given them. Uh, so, But what I'm going to say is that you've had a long consolidation here all the way since the second or third day of the year, right? You can see mm-hmm. in January. So if you if you're a true trend follower, and a stock is in an uptrend and it consolidates the consolidation should be you know the should resolve to the upside but being the perma bear that i am some sometimes i'm saying if this can't hold the 202 or you know what what's this low right here the lowest of the lows were in my line if it can't hold this this area where it's at right now you could be in for more of a sustained sell-off. And then this area, instead of being support, will be resistance. So big day for the Boeing Bulls to get it back in the channel. All right. I did want to show you guys uh, just really quickly uh, just what I see on that chart. Sure. And I think just what, look for a corrective pattern, right? And so what does that mean? I'll just show you really quickly. Corrective pattern would be like this. So you get about four attempts to break down, right? You want to see that kind of pullback action come to the B, come back towards that C. 
and then actually bounce back here. So we're looking for like kind of this pattern where you actually get that bounce back. We'll look to see if we actually bounce on Boeing. One thing that I would point to is that 200 makes logical spot for me. I'm looking at 278 on January 5th low. All right, let's get out of that chart. Let's go back to some other stocks. We can take a look at the next one is Carvana. Hmm, I wonder if we're going to be talking about Carvana next year, because I think that's what a lot of people are thinking about. Carvana EPS, 39 cents, beat the loss of $2.28 sales at $2.84 billion, missed a $3.09 billion estimate. They did see their retail units sold come down 23% year over year. And it looks like uh, there was a note out that Dennis caught. Did you catch something on that? Yeah, JP Morgan's got a note out there, um, and it's they're pulling their price target, and they're not saying anything pretty about it. Some people on Twitter are implying that they're putting a price target of zero on it. I didn't see that in the note, mm-hmm. um, but again, they're basically saying this kind of company's in a lot of trouble. I think we all know Carvana's in a lot of trouble. Obviously, the squeeze happened early and late January there when Bed Bath Beyond was squeezing, and they were all squeezing here. We know where Bed Bath Beyond is now; it's right down to the lows. They had to do a serious dilution, and I mean, as major dilution as you can to try to stay alive. And I'm not even sure that's going to work. CVNA is going to probably be in the same boat. They're probably going to have to do something major to stay alive here. I think. I think it's working against them. I do think it's just a matter of time before, just my opinion, but I think it's a matter of time before they go bankrupt. I don't know if that means it's a zero or not. Sometimes these things pop back during bankruptcy. We know, but I think they got a world of problems here. And as much as it was fun to trade back in January, this is not where I want to be now. Pre-market low, nine bucks. Yeah, you do have a daily low uh, coming back. And uh, I believe there's a daily low right in that area. There's only one, though. There's only one daily low uh, from the 31st at 9.14. And then, boom, you're looking at 8.11. Do I think it's going to get to 8.11 today? I don't know. But I'd be looking at this nine. Very important to hold this $9 area. I just looked. This thing got almost to 20 bucks. You have to be absolutely kidding me. But uh, a number on the upside I have for you, if you want to buy it on strength or if you're caught on this thing and you want to sell it, 1150 represents half of the move. Doesn't look like it's going to be coming into play today. But uh, what? look out, 9 bucks. I'd give that one one and a half starts uh, support here. A little bit of buying in the pre-market. That's why I make it a one and a half instead of a one. All right, let's get to the next one. Let's go to booking and we'll see if the consumer staying strong here, right? I, I know that, uh, I know my wife just got a flight on booking and I, I think that people are still traveling. Let's they talk are. about it. Adjusted EPS, $24.74 beat the $22.24 estimate. Sales of $4.05 billion beat the $3.89 billion estimate. As you can see there, big beat on EPS. Hit on the earnings uh, initially, and then they just decided they liked it. We kind of saw this happen. It doesn't happen with every stock. We didn't see it with NVIDIA, which obviously ripped and stayed up. But we've seen it in a lot of stocks, just wishy-washy trading after the algos hit it. And Square, which we're going to go to next, it was absolutely incredible to watch how much chop was in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they hit it down. How low did they get this thing, Joel? BKNG. BKNG, they got it uh, well under, they take it under 20, no, uh, 23.75. Which is close to yesterday's low. So it's interesting how those lows work. And then they decided to buy it. 
and it's turned around and it's went green here. I mean, to Mitch's point, people are still doing stuff. They're still traveling. They want to do stuff. They're finding the money to do this stuff. I think eventually they will run out of money, and that's why it's hard. Like, we don't know. And Cameron, I know I just saw a tweet go by from Cameron Dawson, and she was talking about, you know, the second half. And again, we keep kicking it down the road. Mm -hmm. I still feel like recession is imminent. Well, maybe not imminent. Recession is coming. I just don't know the timing of it. And yeah. I think eventually it's coming here. I think you're going to start to see a slowdown. We've definitely seen a slowdown in certain sectors. Fly, you know, travel is not one of those that we've seen a slowdown. Remember, you were talking about your buddy there. Uh, who was it that was at Disney World, Joel? And they said it was packed, more packed yeah, than ever before. Yeah, he dropped 20 grand. 20 grand? On, yeah. on how long was he there? A week. For a week at Disney World. And that did, that did not. Must did it up pretty good. Yeah. The most wonderful <laughs> place on earth. 20 grand later. I mean, I went. Okay. So I took the kids to Disney World five years ago. It was five years ago, actually, because now it was just baby and Spencer was four. Um, and we dropped, I think it was seven or 8,000. We stayed right on the resort. We stopped about 8,000 bucks. So, That's I mean, happens, has it doubled? Guys. Has it doubled in resorts, four years? Man. Come Everything? on. Is that right, though? Do you think? Do you think like the ticket prices, you know, the the accommodations, the flight hasn't doubled in four years? I don't know. I'm worried about Disney right now. He might have did it up. He might have. He might have really. I'll have that. No, but and I don't think that include the little like little trinkets at the park and stuff and things like that. But uh, uh, I, 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 yeah, I'd I'd be holding off on the trinkets if I was. (laughs) The uh, the stuffed animals. uh, uh, But uh, just for this one, it's funny because I, you know, I looked at the pre market actually. You guys know I don't. I, I don't love twenty four hundred dollars. You know, it's just very hard to trade. It just yeah. you know the liquidity. But I was looking at it, and I looked at the three tops on my data window, and I said, you know what? Um, let's see if this could hold twenty four thirty. And then I looked up, and that was the last print at twenty four thirty. Uh, not much volume is trading. So you had three highs within that area. The highest of those highs is uh twenty four forty four. So I use that as a target. If they take it through there, well, then you can go up to the recent high of the move. Um, on the downside here, I mean, it could go red very easily. So I can't really give you any really good support, except for yesterday's low that uh, coincided with the pre-market low. But once again, uh, uh, weekly not charts. investment Joel, advice. Put this weekly? one on weekly. It looks pretty. Okay, I'll go on the bottom right weekly. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you if it, it, there's no there's no reason to look this at it. This stock's Take had a look relentless at it, strength. I mean, the weekly is no a lot cleaner. Had a relentless strength, but let's just put it all in perspective. Bottom like we've right, had good strength since October, but we've yeah. run so far. Like, I mean, we're coming right back up, and just go out a little bit further, and you can see the chart you're blowing up there, Joel. Twenty five, twenty six hundred was the highs we had in twenty one, twenty five hundred. Big level. We're all the way back up there. I mean, now you're buying it. I mean, what are you doing? I'm not over. You should have been buying this. Not now. Not now. I mean, is there room to twenty six hundred? Sure. Is there room for traders and momentum traders? Sure. Am I investing in BKNG now? Absolutely not. So I think there's room to twenty six hundred for a trade, but. You're getting a little long in the tooth. You're trying to get it all, and it could have gone way risk? back up there. What are you? Could. What are you risking? What are you risking? Well, that's it. I mean, if we do have a recession in the back half, this isn't going to hold up, and travel will slow down. It will hit everything eventually. If I they got... continue to raise rates until we get down to two percent inflation, everything gets hit eventually. It's just common sense, and it's just math. All it is is math. So I, I mean, that's why at. again, people keep saying, you know. Well, how can you be bullish short term? Well, how can you know and then just still have the cash in the long term portfolio? But I think eventually, I don't know the timing of the recession, 
but I don't have to be in the market in my long-term portfolio. I think I'm going to get the stocks at lower prices because I do think a recession is coming. I don't think we're going to have a soft landing. And I may be wrong about that. And there's times to be bullish and there's times to be bearish. And yes, January was a great month for the bulls. February, not so much. I, I'm predicting more sideways action going forward because I think the battle is you know, just going to be stronger. But coming in and buying Boeing or booking now after it just went up 50% in three months, five zero, not 15. BKNG is up 50% in three months, 50 Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Do you guys I, use that? What do you? I I don't do the travel booking, Lisa. Does. I always use Travelocity. Who owns okay. Travelocity? I don't. I use Lisa. <laughs> I do. Lisa, Who owns Lisa. Travelocity? I'm guys, a you guys, habit. call me. Call me. I'll get you better pricing. I got you, Mitch. Who, I'm all who about owns the deals. Do we know my, my wife calls me. <laughs> my wife calls me the guy that fights for two dollars. So you guys, you guys just tell me. Expedia. I'll find the deals. So, Expedia. Okay. Expedia. I can get you. I can I get you the discount. I got I got family that works for booking. Mm. Okay. All right, let's let's take a peek really quickly. I wanted to take a peek at Airbnb because we know how it jumped on the earnings, yeah. but it's coming back to a level that I'm looking at it. I talked about it. I didn't want to buy it on that pop because, I mean, I thought it was definitely too high there, but it's coming back here towards the, kind of the 120 area. I agree with you. Yep. I'm going to be looking at it. Yep. Yep. Always a good place to cover short if you, in fact, are shorting the stock. But I like that. Back to its uh, its point of origin. Yeah, I like that one. I like I it like too. That. Same as the Microsoft. Looks the same as the Microsoft. So here's the chart for you for your momentum traders. That 120 huge support got down to the 121.92 yesterday. I think there's good support at 120. Yeah, I'd take a shot as a trade Look, there. On it was also resistance. Like it was also resistance in October, Dennis. Yeah, so there you go. We got yep. all kinds of fun there. Oh, no. Oh, Huge no. Level. We're all three agreeing on something. Uh, it's got to go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I know that you guys want to take a look at the PCE that's coming in three minutes. We'll take a look at the action that's going to happen. Of course, uh, Dennis, you might have to go wide on this one. Yeah, uh, Just giving you the heads up there. <laughs> it could be one of those days here, especially with the market, has how it's been moving uh, we're going to talk PCE here, right? And we'll also be getting core uh, personal spending, uh, consumer spending, personal income, and personal spending month over month. So look at that. It could also move stuff. PCE oh, year over year is 5% prior, right? We'll see what happens on this one. Uh, core PCE month over month is 0.4. Consensus prior was 0.3. When we look at the month over month, that's going to be at 0.1. Of course, we just need to kind of wait to the numbers hit to not overreact. Core PCE is actually the consensus is only to come down 0.1 over the year to year number. So look at that. That could actually maybe potentially come higher than the prior number because it's only off by a 0.1. I'd be watching that number, especially when it hits. 830 is about to hit. It's 828. You got about two minutes here for it. We we'll also get real personal consumption here at negative 0.3 prior. Let's see if this gets back into the positive number. All right, we'll see what happens there. Like always, numbers can be moving around the stock, so just be careful out there, team. You could see some stocks go wide. So was that uh, not to over- overreact to the initial number? Was was that was that for me? Uh, a little reminder. A little reminder. <laughs> There's always head fakes. I think if we get a rally, we'll just set up scenario analysis because we don't yeah. know the number. We get a rally. You look at yesterday's high, 402.20. I mean, if we rip up 40 handles, I think you find sellers right there. I think if the numbers I, – I, I have a concern here because we're starting in the hole. If the number is not fr- market-friendly here, 
that 396.25 is almost too close. So I'll do Joel's analysis. I'll go to that low that we had back on the 26th of January, going back that, to that. That's what I was. I 393. Yeah. So I would say your range bound this thing 402 to 393. If it's wishy washy, again, expect a lot of chop. I think you could get, you know, the initial move could be wrong too. So yeah. expect a lot of chop, unless it were significantly hot. I mean, it's, that's it's going one of those to... moves that, like, when the first algos take control, you don't really know which way it's going, right? If, I mean... if it's a wishy-washy number, expect the chop. It's really hot. I mean, then you're thinking about that three. Yeah. Number. Oh, if, but we're uh, starting in the hole here. We're starting right thirty now. handles down. Who has so... it early? You got to let me know next time. Yeah, early. you know what I would be. At Twenty I seconds. Would... I got to go wide. We're talking. Go, 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 go. I. I'll be back. Something. Something tells me that if we do get a pop here. I want to see what happens at uh, four thousand and five. That's mm-hmm. the, I would I would kind of like to see it up there on a hot number. It could just blow through it right away. And then on the downside, I didn't do my homework because my my low ooh first move down, first move down. Uh, yesterday's low, Thursday's low seventy four and a quarter. Oh, didn't get there. Went to seventy five and a quarter. You got to bounce the first time. The bulls are digging in here. They're saying we gotta defend Thursday's low. That's the low of the move. Seventy-five. Is the number even out yet, Mitch? I don't think so. Um, I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> you guys, it's moving though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. Somebody boy, got it someone's really leaning short. Someone's someone. Yeah, leaning. man. Oof. First reaction down. That's for sure. Well, the the, the algo jumpers, man. The people uh, right here. We're still. I'm not gonna call yesterday's low a failure yet, because the number is the number even out yet. I'm sure bulls are digging in I'm, here, man. Bulls are it. digging in. They're trying to get the bids and the offers are just coming in. Your January 25th low was 39.63. Uh, so the algo algo jumpers are leaning bearish, and we are getting the prices here. Personal right, income core spending. PCE what do you got for me? Coming in, core PCE price index month over month estimate was 0.4. We came in at 0.6. Core PCE higher. That's hot there. Uh, U.S. core PCE year over year at 4.7 versus 4.3 estimate. Prior was 4.7. That's hot, team. That's dangerous. We could have some downside action on that. Personal spending month over month at 1.8 versus 1.3 expected. So showing that personal spending increasing there. Uh, PCE price index year over year is at 4.7 versus 4.3 estimate. That came in hot also. So it looks like every indication coming in hot here, PCE price index month over month in January, 0.6 versus 0.1 prior. So also coming in hot there for PCE month over month. Uh, not what we wanted to see. I think this is downside action here. Nope, but no I'll let, rip. De- no I'll let rip. Dennis come back if he has an idea. Of oh, he's going to come top. back in a few minutes. This is uh, some decent action. Uh, there was no rip. We haven't had a rip your face off anything on the upside yet uh right now the bulls the bulls are saying we gotta defend yesterday's low yesterday's mm-hmm. low 74 and a quarter the next daily low i have is 39.63 and a quarter and i didn't do any i don't know why i didn't do it because we settled up at 40 near 40 20 so i guess i didn't think we'd be down more than 60 handles today uh but the algo the algo jumpers are right they got it down they did what they were supposed to do on the downside. And now the bulls are they're digging in just a little bit. They're saying, oh, it's not that bad. They're still only going to go a quarter point at the next meeting. And, you know, you know you're think, not going to kill inflation on one. I know. You're going to say you think they're going a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. 
I'm okay. there, Joel. Can you look uh, at the Fed tool? Yeah, I'll pull it up and we'll look at the percentage changes. I was kind of talking about that yesterday that we need to keep an eye out on that T uh, CME, of course, FedWatch tool. Uh, it takes a little bit to lag, so I okay. gotta give it like five, 10 minutes, but I'll, I'll see the change. Right now, it was 29.9% for the 50 basis points. Put it in perspective. In January, that was only 2.8%. So, yeah, okay. Okay. And then we'll see how it jumps from now. Right now, that's the reading that it has. It 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 is running about seven minutes lag. So in about seven minutes, I'll be able to okay. give us an update on the CME Fed Watch tool. I um, mean, not a okay. great, not crazy price action. Uh, it you had the, like, yeah, you had some. I mean, no no rip yet. So what will be, you know, we'll be concentrating on here is this is the eight thirty bar. So in that eight. Um, 8.30 bar here so far between 8.30 and 8.45. Your high is uh, 39.88. So I think, you know, until you can get above that level, I think the bears are still in control of this market, folks. And uh, we'll see what happens. 8.34. I know we, uh, is Mr. Houston in the back background yet digesting the numbers? Or yeah, I think, I think he just hopped in here. Uh, I'll give him about a, another second here and then we'll bring okay. him in 8.35. Okay. I uh, just want to really quickly review those numbers because I know I gave them pretty quickly. Sure. I'm going to go through them right again, right? We'll start with just core numbers, right? Keep it simple. Month over month, 0 0.6 versus 0.4. Then when we look at the year over year number for core PCE, it's at 4.7 versus a 4.3 estimate. The prior was 4.6. So we actually went up there. Um, personal spending higher than expected at 1.8% versus 1.3%. What does that show there that it shows to me that the consumer is still spending out there, right? We still have a strong consumer in the spending. Um, and so from that point, I think that that just leaves more room for the Fed to keep trying to fight inflation down. And of course, seeing that if the economy can hold strong, well, it can hold higher rates. That's what I think we're going to see out of these numbers. Of course, that's my perspective. You guys take it with a grain of salt and make your own. Yeah, this is the third. Like we had the CPI a little hot, PPI a little bit hot, jobs number a little bit hot, this a little bit hot. I mean, yeah. you know, we've had a couple good months of some data, but, you know, it's just not – it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a long battle, and I think that alludes to something, you know, that Dennis was saying. It's just like this – everything is just not going to be resolved overnight. And also our buddy Blue. I talked to Blue the other day, Blue Putnam, you know, CME uh, economist, and, uh, you know, it's just – originally when we were – like last year when we were like, oh, we got to get inflation down and – he said the same thing. It's sticky. It goes up and up and up and up, but it doesn't come down quite as easy. We're on the lows of the session here, folks. Uh, the bulls are trying to defend this area. They're doing okay. Uh, but right now we're trading just on your lowest. Current low is 39.72. Uh, next stopping point for me would be 39.63 and a quarter. I'm going to have to do some more numbers after uh, the show is over. Uh, but, man, bears right now. Bears in control. All right, let's go to our guest today. You guys smash the like. Let's keep it going. All right, Michael Houston, Chief Market Analyst, CMC Markets. How are we doing, Michael? Good, good, sir. Very good. Um, 
not unduly surprised about those numbers. I thought we'd see an upside surprise. I'm a little surprised at how hot it has been or how it was. And the upward revisions are also quite interesting as well. So where does this put the Fed? I mean, uh, you know, people, we were hoping, oh, five, five and a half. I mean, and now this is start to bump us up at uh, five and a half, six dollars. Maybe I better stop buying those uh, CDs and wait for another half a I point. Think, I, I, think <laughs> they made, I think they made a mistake by going with 25 um, in oh. February. I think um, if they'd seen this data then, do you think they would have gone by 25? Do you think Powell would have been as... I'm struggling to define what he was at the last press conference because he was pretty vague, wasn't he? And then, of course, you've got Mester and you've got Bullard. I mean, what what does this do for March? Does this mean that we'll get 50 in March? You know or what, do- Michael? You know what? I I think that, you know, they, they hopped on what was the uh, disinflation word mm. and everything. Yeah. But I don't think I think the market interpreted it a lot bullish than it was. I, I in, in my opinion, from mm. the way the way he's been talking, the market just interpreted it that way. I, I still think, you know, oh, we just made a new low here in the thirty nine sixty eight mm. handle. I think it was the market's interpretation of it more than what he, you know, more than the actual Fed speak. But but uh, I think if he wanted to send a message, though, I think he could have been he could have pushed back a lot harder okay. than he did. And and I think that just sort of fed into the market wanting to see what it wanted to see. You know, I don't think that there's any likelihood that we'll get rate cuts in oh. the next 12 months. You know, I, not- that's that. I, the people next person that comes on my show and says yeah. that I'm kicking them off the show. I mean, it's well, just I mean, it, I've, I've never I've never bought that narrative, though. I, I mean, know. No, 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 no. I know yeah. that. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Mitch. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we need to just keep in mind is that I feel like everyone's just really quickly trying to end this bear market, Mm. even though we still have all these headwinds that are just Mm. present, right? And I mean, we did get inflation to come down, but I think even Jerome kind of told us that, right? That it was more about what? It was energy coming down and the goods coming down, but service (laughs) inflation was still very present and and rent inflation- also right food mm. inflation still going mm. higher i don't know how it is across the pond michael but i go to the grocery stores and i hear uh, a lot of frustrations when i walk through those aisles let's just say that especially for the families that are trying yeah. to keep up with all this inflation and the truth is the fed has to continue the battle right at yeah. this point they have to continue the battle and if that means breaking some of this economy like they might have to do it right mike Absolutely. I mean, you know, sort of Loretta Mester sort of indicated that in her comments earlier, you know, the indication was the unemployment rate might have to go up a little bit further. And, you know, I think I think for me, when when I look at these numbers, grocery price inflation over here in the United Kingdom is 16.4 percent, you know, and that's that's still quite lumpy when you consider the headline number is 10.1 and core prices are six. So and core prices are actually going up. This morning, EU core prices went to 5.3. You know, I think this is going to be with us for a while. You know, we, we're, we're seeing wage price settlements coming in of around 8 or 9% from our retailers to, you know, their lowest paid staff. And these are the sort of the second pay rises they've had in the last six months. So that tells me that interest rates are not going down. 
inflation headline inflation is coming down slowly but ultimately any talk of rate cuts is pie in the sky and i think you know it will be very very fortunate to see um rates come down much within the next couple of years i think it's higher for longer and i don't think that message has cut through yet i think the rate cuts has cut through that's not happening now it's going to be higher for longer and i think 2025 is probably the earliest we'll see rate cuts and that's Ooh. not a message the markets want to hear no i agree michael dennis dick here how do you break this cycle of inflation and here's the problem is like mm. you get the higher prices and then the consumer is now accepting of higher prices, which we are to a certain extent. We just expect to go to the grocery store and see our eggs are going up in price. We expect it. And if we expect it, then they can do it. I mean, how do you break this cycle? And then you, it's not only that. It's like, OK, well, everything's going up in price. Well, I'm going to my employer and saying, I need a, a raise here because, you know, everything's going up in price. So then, you know, you get a raise from your employer and now they have to raise prices of their products because they have yeah. to pay more. It's such a vicious cycle. How do you break it? Higher unemployment, essentially demand destruction. And at the moment, I mean, I think we've seen some signs of that in Walmart. I mean, Walmart a couple of quarters ago said that um, spending patterns, people were becoming much more discerning about what they were buying. So all the big ticket items, they weren't being shifted and inventory levels were going up. And we're seeing the same pattern here. You know, the retailers here in the United Kingdom, the value items, the value food items, they are starting to become much more targeted in terms of they're flying off the shelves. And the branded items um, aren't Campbell's soup, for example. Those things aren't shifting, but the value brand soups are. You know, and I think that is what is going to continue to happen over the course of 2023. I think the longer unemployment stays sticky at current low levels, the, the harder it will be for inflation to come down. So you could argue that good news on the unemployment front is actually bad news when it comes to central banks looking to loosen their monetary policy stance. So what does this do for step here? You think 50? You think we're going 50 next meeting? Um, no, I think we'll do 25 in March, May, and June. Just going to do so, some, bring it up to 75. Just so, so just yeah, do consistent. It. I don't think you want to be chopping and changing. They've shifted the gear down to 25. They need to continue to do that. But the narrative needs to be we're data dependent. We're going to go over 25. But the, you know, the pause rate is, as Neil Kashkari said, Neil Kashkari said that he favored a pause at around about 5.4. Well, that's 525, 550. So that's two more 25s. Mm -hmm. Bring it back to market talk here too, though. As you continue to raise rates, and we're talking about 6% they're talking about here now. I mean, you can get it. We're in the short-term treasury is 5%. Mm -hmm. Eventually, and even though, and even you know, in my long-term stuff, I'm like, you know what? This 5%, 6% is pretty dang attractive when you think you know the long-term performance of the markets are 7 to 8%. I mean, you've definitely got problems at the Tina trade, which we've always talked about for years. There is no alternative. It is dead. There is a full alternative here now. So, you know, this is a problem for stocks here, too, is that, man, some of these bond yields are starting to look dang attractive, too. Again, if we're in an 8% inflationary environment, you're like, how do I beat that? But the problem is in this 8% environment, inflationary environment, the stocks are going down, not up. So at least if you're in the bonds or at least you're in 
well, maybe not the bonds, but at least if you're in treasuries, at least you're not losing money. I mean, the investors got to be starting to think about, hey, I maybe just pick up my chips and go just sit in cash for a bit. Yeah, you could sit in cash, you could sit in bonds, US treasuries, as you, as you rightly say. I mean, I wrote an article, I think, about the beginning of January. The Tina trade is dead. You know, it's not even twitching. It's gone. It's, you know, it's finished. But I argued that potentially you could go into European stocks because the yield there is much higher. You're talking a DAX, the average forward yield for that is around four, four and a half. It's the same for the FTSE 100. So dividend, income, value, um, and away from growth, because I think given what we're facing right now, growth is going to be very, very difficult. But income could be your fallback position. And certainly, I think some of the areas of the UK market, they're very undervalued. I mean, I bought, I bought Rolls-Royce shares at the end of last year at around about 85p. They're now pound thirty-five. They released their results earlier this week. Um, you know, that, it's, that's, it's that sort of battered valuation that you need to look at. And given the fact that you've got airlines over here in Europe and the UK, they've, they've, had, they've, got the be they've had the best starts of the year in years. I mean, an awful lot of the good news is now priced in. But certainly some of the valuations that we've seen over here have been lagging well behind the sorts of stock market performance that you guys have been seeing over the other side of the pond. I'm, we are working and you think oh, and you guess. think Europe's bad. I mean, look at China. I was talking yeah. about this with somebody just this morning. I mean, we've gone nowhere in Chinese equities for the better part of a decade now. So there's been tremendous underperformance. Such a great point you're making. I just wanted to expand on it and have mm -hmm. you expand on it because you know, world markets have not seen this rosy scenario in the last 10 to 12 years that the US markets have. And no. mm, I mean and again, it's been driven by tech. It's been driven by mainly, you know, a, a few dozen companies, you know, coming out of Silicon Valley that have really driven, you know, expansion. And those companies have been fantastic for the U.S. markets. But are they going to continue to drive? Is Apple going to be a six trillion dollar company? I don't know if that's the next driver going forward here. So, you know, that that's another issue as well is that there's just so many options for U.S. investors everywhere you know from not even looking at you know bonds or treasuries but to your point looking at other markets altogether yeah absolutely i mean apple is apple a good company absolutely you know i mean i've got an apple ipad sitting right here um and i've got other apple devices the bigger question is is it worth its current valuation based on the fact that the likelihood is over the course of the next 12 months it's going to struggle to generate the type of cash that it struggled 12 months ago when I think Q1 it generated $123 billion in its first quarter. Uh, and yet the most recent quarter, it didn't, well, it didn't get anywhere near that. It got close to that. Um, you know, can, can it continue to return cash to shareholders at the same rate that it has been? You know, I'm not convinced that it can, but I'm still an Apple fan. I'm just not sure I'd like to buy at these sorts of levels quite yet. All right, Michael. Uh, well, just quick update in the market. Uh, we did go down to that January 25th low, 63 and a quarter. We just pierced that at uh, 62.75. Uh, 
not looking pretty under that. Uh, not another daily level down at 39.12, but I'm sure you guys don't want to hear that. But, you know, Michael, uh, you know, we don't talk that much like technicals with you mm. or projections, you know, for the S&P. Uh, you know, we try to take things on a daily, weekly, monthly mm. basis. I mean, what do you have like a, a downside target now? I mean, you've been pretty consistently bearish the market since you've been coming mm. on uh, recently. Do, you, do yeah. you have like an area where you could get a sustained bounce or do you have an area where if we take that out, Katie, bar the door? Well, the S&P 500 on my chart at the moment has just broken its uptrend line from the October lows. Um, and the next key level for me is the 200 day moving average, which we're starting to close in on. And that's around about 39.40, 39.50. Okay. Um, if we take out the 19th of January lows, which are around about 38, 38.90, then I think it's good night Vienna. And um, we could well see a revisit of the lows in December and potentially uh, a little bit lower than that. All right. We've got to keep up with the all the action, like always, fast market. Appreciate you coming on and handling right after the numbers hit. Michael's perspective, like always, we'll have you back on like thanks enjoy. guys enjoy out there that at least oil, energy prices are staying low right natural gas That's how is that lining. over there silver lining it's 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 below the levels it was prior to the uh in russian invasion of ukraine still high still high but certainly a lot lower than they were so it's certainly more manageable hey at least got through the winter at least got through the winter yeah. right all right well have a good one out. have you back on michael <laughs> cheers guys Thank take you. care all right, let's get back to the market action. Of course, we are seeing that downside action there. Do you think that the dip, uh, the buy the dippers come in, Dennis, now that you've had a little bit? Uh, well, to... I like the level that I mentioned before this number. And I said if it came hot, my level would be that 393.56. We're still 20 handles away from there. I think that's where they'll emerge, though. So I do think the buy the dippers will emerge. I think you're early here yet because we started in the hole. This was a hot number. There's no doubt about it. Everybody's thinking 50 now, and they were thinking 25. And I mean, it's on the table. And, you know, maybe it's going to be Michael's 25, 25, 25. But regardless, rates are going to go higher. The terminal rate is probably going to higher than what we thought a couple of months ago. And that's a serious problem for stocks. I still remain a lot of cash because I don't know. I think, the, like I've said all along, even when we were in the bull market, I said, I think the bears win long term, which is why I wasn't adding a lot of stocks to the long term portfolio, which couldn't argue with the tape in January is bullish. It's turned. Uh -huh. It turned a couple of weeks ago and it's turned for the ugly. But again, does that just mean the bears take over and we go straight down and we just tank, tank, yeah, tank? I don't think so either. So I think you're still going to see choppy markets. I think a lot of bulls are still out there. I think the buy the dip mentality, a little bit of the FOMO is still there. So you still got to be playing, you know, range bound trading 390 down to that area. I think there's huge support down at 390, which is 50 points down from here. So I'm not coming in here and hammering stocks right now. Am I looking to buy the dip? I think you're a little early here. I like the 393.56 from a day trading perspective today, though. Uh, Dennis, I just wanted to ask you just as far, I mean, because it, it, it seems like the algo jumpers are getting out there earlier and earlier before yeah. the number. Did you feel the pressure out there even before the actual number was yeah. there? I mean, there was no pop. I had some offers. I was, you know, the, those sympathetic pops, and that, you know, it was just obvious that that they were. There was no real pop there, and the algos they were out there bipping it 
even before the number. I just wanted to see. Well, we were down 30 handles into the number. So I think, you know, we've seen the last couple of data points. So if you were anticipating, you might think it's going to be hot because CPI, let's be honest, wasn't. You know, the last few data points we've got is not really showing this huge, you know, disinflation. I am sure Jerome Powell is regretting those words. When they were popping out of his mouth, a lot of people were skeptical. Like, are we really seeing this disinflation? The inflation, we're seeing a little bit, but it isn't like, you know, parading around and yeah, we've beaten inflation here, which is kind of how it felt to a certain extent here. He's regretting that word right now, disinflation. He is absolutely regretting that. Um, And now you come and you look and the numbers, you know, coming in here, it's hard to beat inflation. This isn't something, you know, that the vicious cycle that we were just talking about where I go to the store and my stuff's more money. Okay, now I'm going to my employer because, hey, everything's more expensive. I need a raise and he needs you need to raise. So he gives you the raise. Now he has to raise prices because his labor costs are higher. And it's just a vicious cycle that continues to go and go. And you have to break it. And to Michael's point, you break it by raising rates substantially and killing demand. We have not seen the demand destruction yet. We haven't really seen it yet. So how can we say this is over? How is inflation get beat without demand destruction? It probably doesn't. You chase so that's the action. problem. And that's why me and Mitch, Money Mitch, have been saying eventually, I don't know the timing of it, but eventually it comes. Because I don't think the Fed's going to lay off. I don't think they can. Unless the Fed just completely throws in the towel and says, we are going to accept inflation going forward. You know, Then that's a different story. But they yeah. are not throwing in the towel. They keep talking about 2%, and that's a pipe dream. They will have to raise rates to 10% well, never to get it down to 2 The Fed pivot is going to be when he says we're accepting 35 or 4%. Joel's been saying that. that, that I, will, I think that's I will say happen. that Joel's been yep. super clear on that. Like, that's, that's the that's, pivot. You're There's, right. And you know what? I think that is going to happen eventually. But we're a long ways away from three and a half to four <laughs> percent. A long yeah. ways away. Now we're ticking in the wrong bloody direction here. Yeah, so I mean, tough. for the bulls, the bull scenario back in January, we had such a nice run. It was the January effect, folks, which we talked about on this show in December that we would get and that we could get a substantial rally in the beaten down growth names in January. It just carried a lot further than I thought it would. And then what you did was you broke the bears. You broke them. You know, I had some friends, you know, that trade, you know, that manage some big money. And they're like, you can't fight this tape. He's like, I get what you're talking about, Dennis. I get about, you know, this long term. But he's like, I'm going to underperform. I can't do this. I can't just sit here on the sidelines and cash like you can. I can sit on the cash forever because my long-term <laughs> performance doesn't matter. If I'm underperforming in the long-term portfolio, nobody's judging me on my long-term performance here. I don't, you know. Laura, what about Laura? Well, yeah, but I, but I can sit and wait <laughs> in cash. But the money managers couldn't. They got FOMO. They started buying stocks again, and they're getting the, 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 the poop kicked out of them, not to swear. Um, and you know what? It's deserved because they chased and they deserved it. You know, so we're in the bull market. market this rally? is a bull market, Dennis. <laughs> this is a bull market. It's not a bull market. I thought it we're was a bull market a, from we're, June, we're, we're man. In a, we're in a little bit of a sideways market. from. So now we can clearly say that the bull market we had in January, which was a mini bull, is gone. A lot of these stocks have given back yeah. their entire gains from the January. It's more indi- indicative that we're still in a sideways market and it's still a battle between the bulls and the bears. I think we got good support down at 390. We got, you know, good resistance up at 410. 
And we're in a range here for now until we continue to get more information. We're coming out of earnings season. I don't see the earnings bomb happening to us here, but that could come next quarter. Again, I still remain with a lot of cash because there's just a lot of unknowns. Another thing, another thing I just okay. wanted to point out real quickly. Um, you know, you had those huge buy imbalances at the end of January, right? Mm-hmm. And like six or I don't know, whatever. And now I got, you know what? So goes January. So goes the market. I got to get into the market. I got to put all my money in the market, right? So yeah. the, I'm just going on the closing price on that day. That was 4090, right? They were looking so good a couple days later when we were at 4200. Now, just going on an overall basis, we're 100 points below that. So they're caught. They bought high, and if they didn't sell high enough, now they're back down. So You're probably now- going to break them again. We'll break all those bulls. They'll turn bearish, and that's when you got to turn bullish again. So, again, it's sentiment. <laughs> we broke them all. I think I I'm it. still predicting – I'm predicting sideways here. You know, people yep. are saying, oh, you're so bearish now. I'm not uh, bearish. I mean, short. I've been saying term, sideways. sideways. Look, read my Twitter handle. I tweeted sideways action here for the last, you know, week. I've been just like preaching sideways. And we've been coming down. So I've been wrong because we've been drifting down. I still think, though, this 390, I think we're going to find support. I don't think we're just hammering down and we're going back down to the October lows. I don't think it's going to be that easy for the bears. Maybe I'm wrong. My long-term portfolio would be happy with that probably because it has a lot of cash. But as a trader here, I still think we're just in an environment. Mitch, what do you think? Do you think we're going straight back down to the October lows? I don't think it's going to be that easy for the Bears. I I think these numbers kind of will definitely scare some bulls, though. Let's just be honest. because They're all scared now. No one wasn't expecting to see inflation tick back up. Everyone was expecting to see inflation just continue its merry way down. Um, and so I think at this point, yes, there will be some questions from the bulls, especially as they start getting their kind of 400 number broken, right? That was the number that I expected to see some kind of resistance put up by the bulls. Now it's kind of like down to the channel, right? Down to the channel puts us into like the three nineties. That's the next spot. And for you, uh, 200 moving average traders, 393, if you're looking at that spot. So, um, we'll see what happens now. I think you got to be short term medium term and long term thinking this is the hard part right now the short term can still bounce right we could still have this raise uh bounce off the channel and get back up there to the 400 i don't really think you get really bearish until you start breaking through of course that sideways period from like december if you break that yeah that's when you get really concerned um right now it's just trade the what the price action tells you sometimes on the short term that is going to be up Chop action, short term, long term, bearish. In the middle term, you got to look to see if we get back in that chain. Beyond Meat. We did do Beyond Meat. Let's do that real quick. And I got a hop. Let's do Beyond right. Meat. Let's do the I Beyond do Meat. Square, actually. Can we do yeah, Square? Yeah, I wanted to do Square. Square. Right, let's do it real quick. Real quick. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Q4 EPS, 22 cents, missing the 30 cent estimate. Sales beat. Uh, gross payment was up 15% year over year. Uh, the only thing really showing negatives, of course, is kind of. Bitcoin impairment loss of 47 million. Uh, Block CFO did though said that he intends to hold its stated profit targets for 2023. So not putting the guidance out there. Bring that square chart up here, Joel. You want to talk about shop on the action. Can you blow up that after hours chart? Because you want to talk about shop. And it was crazy on the print. Why don't we see it there? It's right here. 69.16. Oh, you can't see it's not colored. 
Yeah. So it went up initially, and that handle, it went up at 77, then it dropped to 69, then it went back all the way up to 77, and then we went up to like 81, and now we're starting to leak back down. It has been crazy choppy off of this. So again, just the evidence is just telling us there's so much chop here. There's so much division between the Bulls and the Bears. I do believe the Bears are going to win. I've been saying that for a long time. I think the Bears are going to win. I've been saying that for, you know, for wrong here for obviously the last couple months because I've had too much cash in the portfolio. But I mean, chop is really what we're seeing in individual stocks. And that's why I think even we go take and extrapolate it back into the S&P, I think we're going to see more chop. I think we go down, maybe that 393 we kiss, and then we find the afternoon buyers, the rally, like yesterday. You know, we rally back 50 handles. It's going to be opportunities here. And especially, you know, in individual stocks, you're seeing so much chop. This square was just crazy chop. Well, just real quick, and then I'm going to hop after this. Uh, your pre-market low, they got it down to 69.16, right? Look at this. Uh, now, let's go to your right chart, right? What do you see right there? You see two lows, uh, one at 69.51, and where was the other? The other was at 70.02, so it bounced there. Then or it got the, the rebound, and then you go up, and you're like, wow, this thing's going forever, and you're like, Oh, 81. Well, what's an 81? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, you're high from uh, the 16th, 81.33. So that's what I look at. I'm, I don't think we're going to see the low, but uh, if it gets back up, I'd even be out there ahead of that. 81, 83, or 81.33, that was the high on the 16th. But uh, guys, I, I got to hop. I'll let you guys do the the fake beat. I'm going to go over and cover some symbols over there in pre-market prep plus. <laughs> and uh, Triple D, I'll check in with you later. Great show, Mitch. Glad you're back. Yeah, glad to have you, Joel. Like always, taking a look into the action. Uh, it's going to be another fun day, right? It's always going to be some action out there. Team, we'll keep watch to see what happens. This is how I have my outlook on the SPY as of late. I was looking to see if we were going to get back there towards the kind of the 405, 403 area. A lot of people have been drawing this trend line that Michael just talked about, right? That kind of upward trend line that we're just breaking now. That's where it starts getting through the daily levels right now, through the kind of like the 396 levels below 395. I'm going to look to see if we come towards this 390. That's the the yeah. channel, channel back. Big right? level. Channel back. And it can bounce there and Big stay level. strong. If you somehow get a throwback look there, yeah. which we, we, we talk about, that's like kind of like, you know, just a, a pullback there and then an expansion back towards the 400. I mean, the bulls can stay alive, right? What about so, Microsoft? We're right back at the 250 yes, again here this level. It's a big level 250. Let's see what it does there. If the market continues to roll over and if we go down to 390, Microsoft's de definitely going to take out the 250. But we're yeah. right there on support here right now. So a, a little early because I feel like the S&Ps could tick to that 393 level that I was talking about. But mm -hmm. keep an eye on the 250. There's certain levels and certain stocks. Oxy, I still absolutely like here. It's selling off here too. I do believe yeah. Buffett is going to be buying more. Obviously, we don't know what Buffett is doing for sure. But you know, he's bought in this level in the past. It's 56 to 58 area. I'm long Oxy, full disclosure. Um, this 56 to 58 area has been his level. I mean, energy is being forgotten here now. There's a lot of energy stocks that are getting thrown out the window here. And you know, I think. And I do think, you know, some of them have had pretty significant runs. But, you know, Chevron, let's give that perspective here. 187, Mitch. Yeah, Down to 160 know. in like three and weeks after announcing one of the biggest buybacks we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point in time, it's going to be a buy. I don't know if that's now. I like the Oxy because of the Buffett. So that's the one I picked on. But keep an eye on some of these value stocks that have really come off here now because... 
we could go if we if we're going into a full bear market and the bears are you know gonna win here and we're going down to october lows everything's going lower i just think we're gonna have some chops so i'm not of the opinion that we're going straight down i think there's going to be opportunities i do think the october lows could come into play in the second half of this year so which keeps me under invested but i think as a trader here i think i'm still looking at opportunities where the stocks are at big levels there 393 would be my level for spy and then 390 like where you're talking about mitch yeah, we'll keep watch. I think, you know, there's going to be a battle. It's not just going to be straight down, right? But I think this number was definitely not what the Bulls needed to kind of continue this rally. So you just got to watch today, especially out the gates. Apple, did it fill that daily gap? I know I was looking at the daily gap. No, still no fill yet. I think that that's what I'll be looking for. Apple, could we fill this and then maybe find the bounce? That's going to be a high around 145, 43. Um, we're at 147.11. Could see Apple maybe fill in that gap. And of course, I agree with you on that Microsoft, but let's also take a look at the one that got hit the hardest first, right off the AI mentioned, which was Google. Can this turn around or is this going to break through the lows? If this breaks through lows, we got to yeah, be Google's careful. Not, Google's right? hurting. Google's hurting. hurting. I sold half of my long term Google at 107. I was looking at it yesterday. I sold oh, it at 107. Half of the long term Google. <laughs> I wish I would have sold it all. You know, hindsight count was 2020. I sold half of it for the simple reason it is, that it had run back up from the 85 to the 107. I just thought it was overdone. Then all this AI stuff happened. I was like, why didn't I sell it all? I wish I would have sold it all. Sold half my long term Google. Can't. Um, I think my average cost basis is 12 bucks on it or something crazy low. Can't. I just can't bring myself to sell it all here, but I'm not coming in and buying Google 80, 84 to 85, maybe, you know, as trades, maybe, but it's completely out of favor here right now. Mm -hmm. And the AI buzz has come out, but they continue to punish this stock. Its valuation isn't crazy here, but it's not cheap either. And I, I, don't, I just think if you're going to recession, you know, all those advertising dollars go down too. So I don't know if I'm coming in and buying Google here at 90. We'll see what happens. Google we'll at 83. See. Somebody Alexa, I like Google at 83. It gets down to that 83 low, the low from November. That's a good level. Man, I can't do that. That's buying the knife. But hey, you guys can you guys well, like not, It may not necessarily be a knife. It could slowly just go down there. You know, okay. just boom. Right. So it depends yeah, on yeah, how was, it gets there. I'm looking at the action We don't know right how now. it's going to look. Like, man. If it got down to I'll 82 today. <laughs> I buy knives. Yeah, you do, Dennis. You like playing I do. with them, though. I, I, I go for it sometimes, man. That's capitulation. <laughs> I buy knives, and sometimes I get cut really, really bad. <laughs> hey, but you I go gotta for know. it. I mean, it's my know style. Your levels. I'm a turn trader. I like the turns. You do like the turns. That's for sure. Yeah. It's a we'll type of trader you are. I've never been a momentum trader. More a contrarian trader, and I'm more a turn. That's why I like this market better. I like what do you think about market. Nvidia today? Do we come back down to these levels, or are we going to be able to I hang think in that, here? Oh, no, you know what? Nvidia is going to hold up for a few days here because it's in. You know, obviously, I would look at yesterday's low, two thirty. I think you'll get initial support there. It's got the love back right now. It takes a while to break that here. Yeah, it's it not just does. like all of a sudden. I do think Deer will give it back, and that's what I, I keep picking on Deer. Have Deer. that great quarter. I can't help but pick on it, though. I do think eventually Deer is going to give it all back. I do think Caterpillar is eventually going to go down. I mean, this cat chart looks head and shouldery. I haven't understood it the whole time. Again, slow PE, so I do kind of get why. But as you break down through this 240 now on cat, this is starting to look like it's ready to fall off a cliff to me. So I don't like the cat chart whatsoever. It's held up so well. Stock making new, basically new all-time highs. I mean, I don't think any stock has any business making new all-time highs in this environment. So I think the Caterpillar rally has been way overdone. 
I think eventually there's going to be a lot less big machinery bought in the second half if we do start to go into a recession. Not good for Caterpillar either. Um, you've had government incentives. You've had so much other things driving Caterpillar here. I think a lot of that comes off in the second half here. Absolutely still are bearish on Caterpillar. I'd sell all rallies, just my opinion. I have no position in it, but I do not like that shirt. I'll actually support a little bit of that thinking there because you see XLI really kind of toppy here. Uh, multiple highs in the same area towards kind of 102.50s, yeah. rejecting, can't get into the 103s. Now starting to really kind of give you that three or four days where you see that breakdown, right? That's that's a sign to watch for continuation through these lows. We'll see what happens on XLI. If that can continue down, yeah, I could see cat breaking. Look at Picard pull back. Um, this was Picard. one that we were, we were watching. I, what I like about Picard is that at least the chart is very kind of easy to read. It's just sideways action, not like this crazy move that Cat can do from like the bottom all the way to the top. Cat likes to do these types of moves where it can go down like this and then come all the way back. Well, you got to be careful with charts like that. We'll see what happens on. And these Cat. stocks have benefited significantly from the run to value. You know, oh, and, you look, yeah. and they're looking at the lower PE, Caterpillar lower PE, Deer lower PE, and people are just like, this is where I want to be. But remember, folks, remember, you know, just to make fun of that analyst who was on, you know, CNBC. You know, a few weeks ago, I wasn't an analyst. It was a money manager there. And he's like, how can I go wrong in Nucor when the PE is four or five? I'm like, I don't know if this person understands about cyclical earnings because these earnings are cyclical. Meaning if you go into recession, these earnings drop substantially. So don't yeah. get fooled. You get a P, you get certain, you know, PEs like, you look at a Procter & Gamble, the earnings are stable. You know, in a recession, they're still stable. People are buying those products. You have earnings that are cyclical, that are very much with the business cycle there. And they go like this. You know, Micron, obviously, with DRAM pricing and all that is very cyclical. I've learned that the hard way. Nucor is the same thing. You can look at P and say, four or five, how do I go wrong? Well, if you go into recession, those e, that E falls off a cliff and that PE starts to rise. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I got suckered. So just be careful with all this stuff. If we do go into recession in the back half, some of these stocks that appear to have really low P's and are safe are not as safe as you think they are. All right, for the, to wrap up, I'll just say that CAT is now cutting below. It's January 3rd for the year number, right? That, that yearly number came in. That close was 238.88, right around there. Now we're starting to get to 235.75. So maybe that January effect that it got a little bit of a pop starting to come right back down. We'll see what happens there on cat and some of these stocks. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action and everything that my man Dennis has to say. Of course, you guys can keep up with the Twitter. Give him a follow. Triple D Trader. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend. Wow. Enjoy it. Thanks, and, everyone. And tell it, girl, we, we, we don't lose. We win. We play to win the game. I saw your hockey comment there. Oh, gosh. I saw your girl. daughter. Your daughter doesn't play to, to lose, man. She said, Dad, I play to win the game. That's <laughs> what I'm there for. Old, and she's because she's got a hockey tournament next weekend. <laughs> it's her first hockey tournament. And she comes in. She's all stressed out. She's like, what if we lose? I'm like, well, it's okay if you lose. You know, you just want to play the game. And she's like, no. She's like, it's not okay. It's not okay. She's like, it's very bad if we lose. And then she left the room. And I'm like. Holy mackerel. I'm like, okay, yes, see, I guess she's a little competitive. <laughs> Ooh, I love at five it. Five years love old. It. I mean, we don't even have at five years old, they don't even have real goalies. So it's kind of interesting in these hey. tournaments. We don't what? at five years old, they don't have the goalies yet. They just put a regular player in the net here. So it's very interesting at five years old, but she's competitive. So we'll see. Hopefully that sticks. Hey.
you play to win the game. And I always say, as long <laughs> as you try your best, right? You won the game, right? Well, let her know that. That's I was trying as to tell her, you just play your, your best. best and it's okay. But she said that's not okay if they lose. Oh, <laughs> uh, she said, don't give me no participation ribbon. We no, want no that. participation we, ribbon. We, no. we want that win. We'll yeah. see you next time. Like always, team out there, we, we're not going to win every time. But I, I hope you guys are out there battling for the win also. Have a good one, team. Thanks, see you man. next time. Thanks, Mitch. All right, let's bring you guys over now to live trading action. As we continue to go ahead throughout the day, we do got live trading up. We won't have Benzinga live, but I will be doing start swing trading. Of course, that's going to be 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And, of course, you guys can catch the closing print with Joel Alconin at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. That's on his channel. But let's get to the action. Let's go trade with my man, Lord Ryan. Let's see what we can do in the trading action today i got some swings on i'm gonna have to cut some I'm gonna have to get into some others it's gonna be a lot of action today let's find out what we get